This is WVEWLP Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station, also streaming live online at WVEW.org. This is Indigo Radio, deepening understanding, making connections on the air every Sunday at noon. We are a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. You can also find us on Facebook at Indigo Radio and on Instagram. Our shows are recorded and will be uploaded to our SoundCloud and iTunes. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests, not the radio station. Happy Sunday, everyone. This is Anna for Indigo Radio, and I am recording from my home in Brattleboro. If you joined us last week, I aired part one of a two-part show with my UMass college students about the impact of the pandemic on their lives. And I am an uh, instructor at UMass in the public health department. This show is a continuation from last week. I'm going to be airing the rest of my interviews with my students. We shut down early March. Most campuses across the nation shut down early March and and students left campus. And I was reading that across the nation, a number of students are striking in response to what they are saying are inadequate responses by the schools. So both undergrad and graduate students, because a lot of these students are facing economic uncertainty, a lack of food, worry about how they might pay rent, in their housing situations. So today we're gonna play part two. I'm gonna start with a song. Uh, We're gonna start with James Brown, Funky President. Funky down. Nasty. Hey, listen to the man. President by James Brown, and this is Anna for Indigo Radio, and we are playing part two of a show that I did with my undergraduate public health students at UMass. We're going to go right to the first interview with my student, Liz. Liz, will you tell me how long you've been at UMass and what you're studying at UMass? So I'm currently a second semester junior at UMass. Um, I came in fall 2017, and I'm studying public health with a bio minor. So I've been asking you all about how the departure from school has been. Uh, We know that UMass at first, I think, gave us two weeks, and then they decided to put the rest of the semester online and move you all out. So I was curious how that transition has gone for you. Uh, It was definitely hectic. I was extremely surprised. 
especially because of the way they released the information, how they released how we were going to go remote a couple days before spring break started. And then a lot of people had already left for spring break when they released that we would not be returning at all, which wasn't that surprising just because all the neighboring schools had already um, turned to remote learning for the rest of the semester. I just had wished that UMass had, you know, warned us instead of giving us like a two week indefinite time. But just moving out was kind of hectic because I had to pack everything. And then telling my parents that I would be coming home earlier, which is surprising to them because then they have to like get my room ready again. And like, we have to make adjustments to everything. But now I'm just, you know, trying to get back into the groove again and like get my schedule back to the way it was, you know, become another Mm -hmm. regular college student again. From your bedroom back at home. Yeah, (laughs) on my bed. (laughs) Uh, And what do you feel like, would you say is the most challenging for you? I think it's definitely balancing my, like my life now, because like when I'm back at home, it just makes me think that I'm like not supposed to be doing any work that like I'm supposed to be working. So I have a, like a separate like life at home and a separate life at college. So now it's just like trying to find the balance between the two and like trying to explain to my parents that like I'm still a college student, even though I'm at home and I still have hours and hours of work to do each week. Yeah. And what, who else is in the house? You have siblings too? So I have my mom, my dad, my um, younger sister, who's a senior in high school. I live with my aunt and my grandma. Okay. This is a full house. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and how is it going for your family overall? So my family owns a small uh, like business. So we're like um, business owners. So my mom's a nail salon technician and my dad runs the business. So when Charlie Baker closed all non-essential businesses, it definitely hurt my family um, just because now we don't have our main source of income. And my aunt also works with us. So there's like no income coming at all. And then Mm -hmm. I would have been working at school, but now, but when I'm home, I work with my mom too. So then like none of us are getting income at all. And we're just constantly being like surrounded by each other, which is nice because we haven't spent this much time together since like like years and years ago, like before I went to college. But it's just mm-hmm. like we know that like it, it, we're like being forced to, which I mean, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But, like We're being forced due to like circumstances that we didn't choose. Right. And what about your other friends around your age? What do you see or things that people are dealing with right now? Um, well, a lot of my friends around my age are dealing with like loss of jobs right now and loss of income. Also like the similar adjusting to coming back home. And then I know a lot of my friends um, lost their internships this summer because some of them were paid. So like due to like the economic standing of like what's happening right now, they're just the companies that they got internships with just don't have the money to like pay them. So their internships like were canceled. Dealing with study abroad being canceled and those challenges and things that we were looking forward to, like graduation, finding jobs, stuff like that. And for you as a public health student, do you feel, and, and someone also who's interested in reproductive health, mm-hmm. is it something that you feel like makes you more than ever wanting to go into health? Or what's your thought about that? 
I think it definitely makes me appreciate that like I have the knowledge of being a public health major and like it definitely shows me how how public health affects everything basically like especially being a reproductive health major I never thought this would have ever COVID-19 could have ever affected like that realm but it's like surprising to see like to look at how people who are pregnant are dealing with COVID-19 how they're getting their the resources that they need because when you're a pregnant mother you need resources and how me possibly being exposed to COVID-19 may expose your fetus into having COVID-19 so it's definitely interesting Mm -hmm. to see how this pandemic plays a role in everything in every aspect of public health what do you hope also coming from your perspective as a as someone who knows about public health and is studying that, what do you, what kind of changes do you hope to see in the public health infrastructure that obviously we're seeing is very depleted and there's not much there and we're seeing a lot of the brokenness of that? What do you hope to maybe see in the future? I hope we see that our healthcare system is extremely broken and that we do need reforms to it. I think we could use a lot of other countries as examples to good healthcare systems, countries with universal healthcare. I know Taiwan, I have a friend who lives in Taiwan. I was like asking him about the situation that's there. And he told me that like school is still going on, that things are still running normally, except like they can't buy masks because they're all sold out. That was just so surprising to me because Taiwan is so close to China and is so close to the ground zero of where it originally started that like I questioned like what they were doing right and we were doing wrong because obviously we're like thousands and thousands of miles apart from like China and how it's Mm -hmm. versus how it has affected like neighboring countries around China. It just really made me think what we could do as a country, as such a well-developed country too, and a country that spends so much money on the healthcare infrastructure itself, but yet we're doing so much wrong with the money we've allotted to it. Would you say there's anything else for our listeners that you want to add at all coming from a college student perspective? One thing that I fear for my family is not only the virus itself, but is the rise of like racist attacks towards Asian Americans, especially mm-hmm. in the United States. I think that's something that can't be ignored right now. Mm-hmm. The American community has definitely seen a rise in, you know, racist attacks and xenophobia from other mm-hmm. from in the United States. And it definitely that's like one thing that adds to my fear as a college student. Like that's one thing that, you know, makes me not want to go outside because every every time my family leaves the house to go grocery shopping or even when I was in school and we hadn't closed, we still were in like learning on campus. I feared like coughing because I was scared that people thought I had COVID-19. And I eat like myself, like I even experienced like people being like racist to me on campus, which was so surprising because like it has nothing like it has never happened to me before. So it was just like a wake up call that I was so like privilege and like not knowing what it felt like to be the target or the victim of a racist attack and now all of a sudden due to this like pandemic it made me realize people were always racist but people are using this as an excuse to target their attacks towards asian americans so i think it you can't ignore the fact that this is happening and that like yes covid covid19 is a dangerous uh virus but also like the racism that is happening in America right now is also like just as dangerous to like the Asian American community. That was Liz that you were listening to. And Liz is one of my public health undergraduate students at UMass. And she spoke on a number of different issues and brought some really important attention to the racism and xenophobia that surrounds this issue too. So it was good to hear her speak to that. 
We're going to go to a song. This is Chelsea Cutler, Crazier Things, a song that Liz suggested. I've been trying not to think about it. I can't help it. I know you don't want to hear from me, but I am so Chelsea Cutler, Crazier Things, and you are listening to WVEWLP, Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station. If you're just joining us, this is Anna with Indigo Radio, and part two of my show with my UMass students, talking about the interruption to their lives with schools closing and trying to get through the semester online. You were just listening to Liz, and now I'm going to play two interviews. The first one is with a former student of mine, Soline, and the second one you will hear after Soline is my current student, Nicole. All right, Soline, thank you so much for being part of Indigo Radio. And you are a former student of mine at UMass. So you're one of my students that just graduated. And so I haven't spoken to any of you that are in that position with what's going on now with uh, with COVID-19. And so you, could you tell us a little bit about what that experience has been like for you as someone who finished up in December? Yeah, it's, it, first of all, it was a kind of a difficult decision to make to graduate early because I was leaving behind my friends and school and I wasn't necessarily sure that I wanted to jump right into a career, but I was just thinking, okay, I'll just apply to jobs and whatever happens, happens. And I ended up getting an offer. So I moved back home in February. Even at that time, there was a little bit of talk of coronavirus, but it was nothing. It is right now. And It's just been, it's escalated a lot since both my siblings are younger than me. They're in college. They moved back home. So it's a lot different. And when I pictured living at home, I didn't think that it would be like this, a full house. And what about for you with graduation? Has this changed any actual graduation ceremony for you? Yeah, I was planning on graduating, um, walking in May. And of course, that's not possible. But I think 
UMass is doing an incredible job make like assuring the students. I still get all the emails from them and they open, they partnered with a I forgot the name of it, but they partnered with a textbook um, agency. So they gave out free access to all the textbooks. They're doing a lot for um, graduation. They sent us an email. So we got to send in our suggestions for how we want our graduation to look like. So they're definitely committed to mm-hmm. having an in-person graduation. But yeah, it's definitely not something that, of course, we had planned for, like I was thinking of. Yeah. And how does that feel to you? Um, well, of course, it's it's not something that I had planned for. Obviously, you don't <laughs> plan for something like this. But I completely understand why this is the case. And I don't even think I would be comfortable going to graduation. Neither would a lot of people be comfortable going to graduation, given the circumstances and the parents and people who have who are targeted more for this illness. Um, so I definitely understand mm-hmm. it, but I really appreciate that they are still committed to having a graduation. I don't think anyone would not want to go to their graduation, but the fact that it's still something that's going to happen in the future, I think that's very reassuring. And what about your other friends at UMass? Have you heard of any specific challenges that they're having during this time? Yeah, well, some of my friends are still living on campus and they're doing the social distancing, just living like my roommates, they we st- they still live in our house and they're just seeing each other. Um, it's obviously very different. They told me that nothing is open anymore in Amherst, just besides grocery stores, no one is out in the streets or no one. Amherst, it's a very small town and there are always students everywhere. So it must be very <laughs> weird not wow. to have that. yeah. What do you think, as someone who studied public health, do you have any thoughts about the importance of uh, public health and public health infrastructure at this moment in the U.S.? Unfortunately, it's brought a lot of attention to public health, which in an unfortunate way, it's really, it's one of the good things about it, that it's bringing light to something that is so important. And um, I don't think people every day think about public health and I feel like if I wasn't in this field, I wouldn't necessarily think about public health because, as I said, when I was considering majoring in public health, I didn't I didn't really exactly know what it was. I just knew that I wanted to be in the healthcare industry, and it was something that I liked. So it's definitely brought a lot of light to public health, and I think that we're seeing how important it is and how a lot of this disease and the prevention the evaluation, all of this, it's very Mm -hmm. much tied to public health. And would you just add anything I haven't asked you, or if you have any bits of advice for your fellow college friends going through this time? Well, actually, I heard this term, or I read it, and it was called physical distancing, which I really liked more than social distancing, because I feel like Mm -hmm. when you think of social distancing, you think of I mean, the word social itself, you think of not talking or just, you know, being on your own and isolated, that kind of thing. So I think maybe changing the wording or promoting more physical distancing, I think that's important because you can still communicate even though it's not anything like being in person at all. I don't know. I think that right now we're at a place where the world needs public health the most and really promoting this talking about it and engaging people who are young, who are just starting their career, who are in high school or in college even, and seeing how the, the healthcare system that we have in the U.S., how they can contribute to this. 
So I think that's very interesting because I think we really do need public health right now. So as you know, I'm doing this show to talk to some of you about what it was like to move out of UMass and have your semester interrupted by the global pandemic and everything that is going on. So I would love for you to describe what your move out has been like. Yeah, so I live off campus in the Popsit Apartments in Amherst. So my lease goes until June 1st. So when we heard about all of this and went home for spring break, I basically only packed clothes and stuff I would go home for for like two weeks because I'm planning on moving back to Amherst because a lot of my other friends live in Puffton or in off-campus housing. And I'm trying, I'm waiting till this kind of whole situation calms down a little bit because I feel most safe at home right now. So yeah. I just didn't really have to deal with being forced to move like off campus like other people did. So I'm kind of grateful for that opportunity. What do you think are the unique challenges for college students right now overall? I think the hardest thing is completing work in a home environment because especially being a junior now for three years when I come home, it's like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm on break for a holiday. So I'm going to spend as much time with my family as possible and see my friends at home, and I don't have to really worry about school, versus now I have (laughs) to adjust to a whole new learning environment. And some of my classes are Zoom, and some of them are on the other scale where they just put up slideshows, the professor doesn't talk at all, only communicates through email. So just all the different communication styles um, are kind of difficult, too. Yeah, I'm sure. And have you talked to friends that are having challenges? Yeah, it's, I would say most of us agree with that. And also not being able to socialize with each other and study together has been a challenge. We've tried doing like FaceTime study sessions, which is kind of funny, because basically you just like, have someone on your computer on your phone, and you're just kind of quiet studying. So I did that today, which is kind of goofy, but it worked. And we actually got nice. Yeah, so you have some company. I think that's sweet. Because I'm in a sorority, we do group study hours a lot. So it's like okay. of us or eight of us and like the ILC are in someone's house just studying for like two hours. So I'm used to like studying with like groups of people or with background noise. So that's really different, like motivating myself to do my, do my work. Yeah. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because I want to ask you about public health in this moment. And mm-hmm. for you as a public health student, what... How would you describe health? So I think public health focuses on prevention and giving people the resources they need to live the healthiest life that they possibly can. And it's not an individualistic thing. It's more of a group thing and a community thing. Okay. And what do you think about, I know in class we've talked a lot about the privatization of health, and that's a huge conversation happening right now with thinking about treatment and the crashing of hospitals right now and not having enough masks and gowns and rooms and all of that. What are your thoughts on that? I love like the conversations we've had in class too. And even that we had on zoom the other day and I've never been a super political person, but I think I'll never forget one day you brought up that like public health like is political. And I couldn't agree with that more. I really believe that public health is a human right and not a commodity. A commodity like in a market the way that the U.S. healthcare system sets public health up to be 
And I think this whole coronavirus situation is highlighting how the more money and higher income someone has gives them better access to healthcare, and the lower income people are suffering because we see higher numbers in California, in New York, in Washington, D.C., and in all of those places, there's a high um, homeless community. So I think this whole situation just highlights all of the issues with the United States, like public health care system. And do you want to, just last question for you, do you want to add anything that you think our listeners should know, just coming from your perspective as a college-age student and as a public health student? Yeah, so one of my major concerns is that I think people are dealing with this on a very wide scale in the way that they think about like the seriousness of the situation. Because there's the people that went on spring break, went to Florida, gathered in huge groups and didn't take it seriously. And they have that whole mindset. And then there's the people that are attributing to the whole chaos part that the media is making them think like it's it's literally the world is going to end and I think both of those point of views are unhealthy and not a good way to think about it and I've just been trying to explain it to my friends and like the simplest point of view because there's a lot of explanations like okay we have to live like by preschool rules like wash your hands keep your hands to yourself and really at this point try not to go out for anything other than like essential needs and my dad and I were talking about it too and he brought up a really good point that we can't just stop like living life and yes I think you need to like take pause and maybe definitely stay definitely stay home but not overreact this whole situation because I think that just makes it worse and I was actually been giving people the independent resources you gave us like democracy now and the real news to listen to i actually posted on facebook the other day and explained those <laughs> for people to look at <laughs> that's great <laughs> I actually oh, that's good to hear. Too, yeah. it is so important to find the sources that are independent news sources and it's great to hear that you've been also spreading that with some of your friends too and and sharing what you know i think is really important Yes, for sure. Nicole, thank you so much for your thoughts. I, you have a lot to add here, so I really appreciate you doing this with me. Thank you for this opportunity. It's a long walk to D.C., but I got my walking shoes on. All the way to Washington. I can't take a plane, pass a train, because my money ain't that long.
That's a long walk to DC by the Staples Sisters. And this is Anna for Indigo Radio. If you are just joining, this show is part two of a show that I have put together with my undergraduate students at UMass Amherst. They are all public health students. You just heard from Soline, who graduated in December, and she spoke to the challenges and differences now. Once she's graduated, she's working from home. Uh, she does have a job, which is great, and I think that other graduates are going to find themselves in situations that they did not plan for, and it's going to be interesting to see also what the job market is for these graduating college students. And then after that, you heard Nicole, and Nicole talked about a number of things. She's a current student of mine. In class, we've talked a, a bit about media and where we get our news from and who owns the media. She talked about the strength of independent media, especially at this time. And so we want to thank both of them for their interviews. And we're going to go to the next one. Again, a current student of mine. This is Julia. Julia, will you tell me uh, a little bit about what year you are, you are at school and what you're studying at UMass? Yes, I am. I'm a junior at UMass. I'm a public health major and I'm a um, minor in psychology. And tell me how the move out process was for you and what the transition has been like for you. My move out process actually hasn't really begun yet. Um, when I left UMass for spring break, I thought that we were going to be coming back on April 3rd because we weren't really told yet that we weren't. So I did not bring most of my stuff home. And now UMass kind of has like their all move outs have been postponed because Massachusetts has has entered like the lockdown. I'm not sure when I will be officially moving out, but hopefully (laughs) relatively soon. Um, And you live in New Jersey, so that would require you also to drive back, right? Yes, that would require me to drive back and my parents to get off of work and help me move out and stuff. Okay. And how has the transition home been like? It's definitely hard to accept the fact that, you know, our spring semester has ended, but overall it's been okay. It's mostly just adjusting to, you know, learning online and creating a schedule and a routine and figuring out how to do what I did at school, at home, especially, you know, living with other people and not having, you know, like a space just to work. It's definitely an adjustment. Do you find, I know that as a class we talked about this, do you find anything that's helpful for you right now? Definitely, like we were talking about, like getting dressed in the morning is like huge. Um, Working out is really something that like I definitely um, need. And I'm lucky enough to, you know, that it's not like four degrees outside or um, I can run like around my neighborhood, you know? So those are definitely things that, I don't know how I would be able to function without. Yeah, I think just trying to write a list of things to do and stay on routine is really uh, important right now. For you as a college student and you're a junior, what would you say are either your major concerns for yourself or and or for students your age? Yeah, I think a lot of students are dealing with a lot of, you know, unexpected concerns. Like I know, you know, like paying rent for a home that you might not be living in is definitely really challenging. 
like losing your job at work and trying to get a job at home is not really something that many people can do right now with like such high unemployment rates, you know, paying for an education that you thought was like getting, you know, online versus at school is definitely super different. So that's definitely a concern. Definitely paying for a meal plan that you're not using is a concern. And also just like not having that environment at school to learn, you know, like at home, I know for me, I don't have like a desk or really like a place to work. So that's like definitely a challenge. Getting, you know, a new like proper nutrition, I think is a really big concern for a lot of kids going home that they might have had at UMass. So it's definitely a lot of challenges. Yeah, those are also definitely a lot of different things that I have not thought about. Yeah. Just the thing that you said about nutrition. Yeah. Also, definitely not having that college environment. I know some of you talked about that in class the other day. Even the thing you said about like students who had jobs on campus no longer have a job. Mm-hmm which I don't think that's been talked about a lot either. No. So I wanted to ask you to your as a public health major is what would you say right now public health means to you? Yeah, so definitely a big thing of like why I feel like you enter the public health major. When I think of public health, I feel like it's like the health of our whole country, but also like at an individual level. So like looking at every person individually and seeing if they have like the access to, you know, like healthcare services that are adequate and like feasible. I definitely think of like education when I think of public health, you know, just having those resources to practice healthy living, definitely like safe living conditions and and environment, you know, like drinking clean water and breathing clean air, I think are Mm -hmm. really big. I also think of like regulations and legislation and things that are put into effect, you know, by our government to keep us healthy and keep us having equal access to all these different resources that we should have that are like basic necessities. Who do you think people should be listening to, to get information? I think it's really hard because, you know, you just turn on the TV and you think that, you know, you're listening to something that is like you're being told. A lot of people don't know better, you know, than to just turn on the TV and listen to like what you're being told because that's where you would access your news. (laughs) My grandma always talks to me about like what she heard on the news and stuff. And it sometimes can be scary to not exact, like know what's real and what's not, which I think has been mm-hmm. a huge problem during like amidst this pandemic. But definitely, I have been watching Democracy Now <laughs> very often, actually. Good um, to hear. Yes, and I've been avoiding every possible news source that comes on when I just turn the TV on. So <laughs> I've been trying to do my research there, and I'm just trying to like. When I hear their information, just like take it in with like a kind of skeptical outlook and just like, you know, think about it before I just go reiterating stuff. Anything else that you think people should know coming from the perspective of a college student? I think like it's important from a college. Yeah, from a college student standpoint, it's definitely important, although my, you know, everyone at school, all the students at especially, you know, at UMass Although we're at college and we have access to, you know, a college education, which we are fortunate enough to have, 
And I feel like with that, a lot of people think that like we're very privileged, which we are, but that might not translate to back home for many students. So I think like just not being able to have those resources that we had on campus and, you know, leaving like we were talking about like jobs and like reliable meals and a safe place to like live and work out and all that mm-hmm. stuff is definitely like under estimated because that definitely might not be something that exists you know at home that was julia that you were listening to and listening to that again i think that julia really points out well that universities colleges i mean we can t- we can also talk about just schools in general really play a number of functions for people so it's not just about the education and hear all of their schooling going online, but it's also that often it's a safe place for students to be. It's often a place where students get the food that they need. And I think a number of my students have also talked about the importance of the social aspect of being at school and how much they miss that and miss their friends. So I want to thank Julia for pointing out some of that stuff. We're going to go to a quick song break. This is The Clash, Police on My Back, and it's a song that Will, who is another one of my students, sent to me. Welcome back. That was The Clash with Police on My Back. And we are going to go to the last interviews of the show. The next one that you're going to hear is Siobhan, who is a current student of mine. And then Siobhan turns the tables on me, and she interviews me on what it's like teaching during this time. Siobhan, we are now, what we would say, a month and a half in um, from leaving UMass, maybe even a little longer. Some of the interviews I did earlier were sort of right after and a bit earlier on in the stay-at-home orders. And now that we're into a month and a half, can you tell us how you're doing and what some of the challenges have been? Sure. Um, I think overall I'm doing okay. I think earlier on into the 
the stay at home orders, it might have been a little easier because it was easy to think about like, because at first they only did like two weeks. It was easy to think like, oh, like two weeks is not that long. We'll just get over with it. But now that it just keeps on being extended, I think that hope for the end kind of you kind of lose that like hope looking forward to it so it's more just like taking day by day and like trying to create schedules for yourself so I think overall I'm doing all right but could always be a little better yeah and as the semester winds down what are your concerns heading into the summer I think as much as the online semester has been like hard I think it also adds a lot of structure into my day. So I think the end of the semester is going to be hard because I'm just going to have so much, so much free time. And like looking into the summer, I'm just hoping that this will end soon enough that I'm able to like work, be able to have somewhat of a summer, but I'm just waiting. Yeah. And I know that some of the students in our class have mentioned their concern for the fall semester and not sure how they would do or what they would do if we are online in the fall? Do you have thoughts about that? I think if they're if it's completely a remote semester, I would I would want to maybe take a like a semester off. I just don't know how that would line up with my financial aid packages and stuff. So I would just have to wait and see what the decision is by the university and then see like what would be best for me like financially and education wise. Right, because you would head into your senior year in the fall, is that right? Yeah. And in this moment in class, we've talked about a number of different things from international solidarity to communicating about public health to looking at things in history to maybe help us understand the moment. What do you feel that is important to understand right now uh, around this issue? I think it's important to like understand that we're like all kind of in this together, like the actions you're doing right now, like affect everyone around you, making sure you're doing what's best for you, but also like your neighbors and people around you, because even if you're not sick yourself, you can still get so many other people sick. And just realizing that even like state to state or country to country, everyone's decisions are like impact everybody else. Mm-hmm. What media messages do you think are misleading? And the second part to that question would be, what do you, from a public health standpoint, would want people, important things for people to know? I think it's very misleading that in the media and like messages sent our president when he blames China for the, the virus, I think it's misleading. And then people create these ideas that China like man-made this virus, which so many scientists have said that's not true. And they've looked at the DNA of the virus and it's like not probable that it was man-made. And I think putting all the blame on China makes people kind of scared or even maybe less scared because they think it's like a man-made thing mm-hmm. that they it won't get as bad mm-hmm. as it could. But I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? Uh, the second part of the question was, what are some important messages that would be helpful right now? And who do you think we should be listening to? I think it's most helpful to listen to the public health officials and like the scientists because they are looking out for like the health of the country. Whereas I think a lot of times people are getting their news and stuff from like the politicians, which 
I mean, it's also helpful to think about the economy. But when it comes to like, what we should be doing, I think it's most helpful to listen to the public health officials like Dr. Fauci. For, as being a public health major, what's your interest around public health? Would you say you're, the key issues that you're interested in? I am interested in like community health, mostly in a little bit of health equality. With that, I think it's also most interesting that like in the news, I've seen a lot about how our African-American population in the country is being like disproportionately affected by the virus. And I think it's interesting that being brought to light because that community has always been disproportionately affected by health crises. So I just think it's kind of to see like that on mainstream news is interesting. If people say to you, why do you think the African-American population is being disproportionately affected? How would you answer that question? That's a big question. But like overall, it's just like the institutional racism that's been part of the country since the beginning and access to health care and um, socioeconomic differences between the races, as well as treatment in healthcare facilities. Like they're not believed as much as their white counterparts when it comes to like pain and sickness. So they do have worse health outcomes than their white counterparts. Do you feel at this moment and headed into your senior year, has it made you want to either change anything or make you even more want to study public health? I think living like through this time, it's actually made me realize the importance of me studying public health because like even like my family members will ask me questions about some of the the things that have come up like on the news and I'm able to answer them. And I think that's because we don't usually see public health like initiatives in our everyday life. And now that like something has gone wrong and there is a reason we are able to see how important public health is now like, yeah. more than ever. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because public health is such a fundamental pillar of our lives. Yet I think that a lot of people maybe don't know what it is or how actually in our lives it's everywhere. I mean, we just think about seatbelts. That's a public health measure. So I think I found that interesting too. And I agree with you that it's a lot more in the uh, mainstream discussion, which my final question for you, and I would love for you to add anything that I haven't asked you to, what would you say are the biggest challenges or misconceptions about college students right now? I think the challenge of being... Because when you're on like a college campus, you're surrounded by like your friends and like the social aspect of going to college. And I think without notice, like kind of like taking that all away and being like kind of secluded into your homes is really challenging. I also think that there's like a misconception that like online classes would sort of an easy transition. And mm-hmm. I don't think that is true at all, considering the... The challenges of not having in-person education and being able to refocus all of your attention into an online format has been also really challenging. Hi, Anna. I just wanted to ask you a few questions about being an educator during this time of the stay-at-home order and the coronavirus. So the first thing I wanted to ask is, like, how easy or hard was it to transfer your class to, like, an online curriculum? Well, Siobhan, as you well know, in my class, I don't allow any screens. So no cell phones or laptops in the class, except, of course, if there's a specific learning need for a laptop. And so when we were told we were going online, the thought of it was sort of my worst teacher nightmare. And 
fortunately, it coincided with spring break. So I had a week to relook at my syllabus and see what was left to do and what made the most sense going forward into transitioning it online. And I changed some of the readings. Uh, we usually look at the Black Panthers health programs in this class to talk about health community health education. But I added readings around not only them, but also the Young Lords, who also implemented 10-point plans and programs that helped their community when the government had failed them. And it felt important at this time to look at what we could learn from the past, see what people had done with little money and resources. And we use this as a jumping point to talk about how community health education historically includes political education, mm-hmm. along with say treatment for addiction as the, the young lords were doing or sickle cell anemia testing that the Black Panthers did. And Community health is also about understanding the world around us, such as the political and economic systems and what we want to change. And I I always feel these conversations are important to have in whatever I teach, but I especially felt that with all the rapid changes happening in schools and, and what we were seeing all around us, it felt really important. And I also added some readings and video clips about Cuba, what we could learn from the Cuban doctors. We talked a lot about that. And they're really famous for going to poor and health-stricken countries and offering their services. And we talked about international solidarity. And I wanted you all to see that people now and throughout history have resisted horrendous conditions to work together to better overall health and well-being. And how do we as public health students at UMass really think about these things? Nice. And you mentioned that it was easier to transform your class to an online because the transition did start with a spring break. Um, Mm -hmm. University also provide any supports to aid in this transition. And do you think these supports were enough? Yeah, that's a good question. I, so what I will say is on the tech side of things, I feel that the university has offered quite a number of supports during this time, like webinars or tech support and maybe ideas how to better teach online and and giving creative ideas. I'm more concerned about students and the university response. So I know that there's been concerns with some of the graduate students that as they head into summer, they're now going to be out of work that keeps them financially afloat in the summer. They may no longer have guaranteed funding for their research. Many are facing food issues and worry about paying rent and that they're putting pressure on the university to help them. Actually, just last week, There was a drive-by protest led by these graduate students outside the chancellor's house. And so I'd like to see the university helping out the most vulnerable students at this time, both undergraduate and graduate, because I think that's happening at at both levels. Um, It was interesting to hear about the drive-by protest because I had no idea that was that was going on. You You also said like you had changed your curriculum like a lot. And do you believe that students are getting the same level of education with the online format? And is it even possible to get the same level of education without in-person meetings? Well, I'd say to answer simply, it would be no and no. (laughs) So I can say from my weekly conversations with all of you that many are struggling with structure, motivation, and have a lot of anxiety. People miss friends. I mean, you you just mentioned that in your interview, having routine and there's a lot of concern about the future. And this, all that kind of stuff is going to affect learning. Many students tell me about PowerPoints being sent to them. 
And they were supposed to, on their own, look through these. And in my opinion, that's just no way to, to learn. I can say for myself, I know I've bombed some of our sessions, which <laughs> maybe is a bit highly critical. But for instance, we have an assignment which you have to interview another student about a public health issue related to college. And I realized I had done next to nothing to teach you all about interviewing. And I tried to redeem myself this week. But if we had been in class, this likely wouldn't have happened. So, I mean, just nothing can replace in-person teaching, in my opinion. And I think that I have felt lucky in that I had built a good rapport with this class. And there's a really great rapport, I think, within the class between you all. And I think that has helped overall the class. And so I think really, I would say overall, this class has done quite well with engagement and people showing up and also with all of your patience with me, I think has also been helpful. Yeah. And I know as like a college student, there's been a big like diverse range of like how each professor is like handling this. And I think um, maybe it's because we do have like a, it's a smaller class. I think Mm -hmm. what you have been doing has been like most helpful because there is some sort of synchronous learning and being able to have conversation. Whereas a lot of classes, like you said, are just sending out PowerPoints and expecting the, the, the students to just take in that information by themselves. But we've both mentioned like the stress that students have been having during this time. And do you think educators should be more flexible with their students at this time? And how are you implementing these ideas into your into your classroom? Yeah, I think that educators should definitely be more flexible with students at this time. We should not be expecting our students to do something that we can't do ourselves. And that would be, I think, one way to look at it. I decided from the get-go to not make my Zoom classes mandatory, and I did this because I didn't want students stressing if they, say, needed to work and help their families, or maybe they needed to take care of a sick family member. And I have had students that have been sick and um, students that have had family members contract the virus that they're living with. And like I mentioned, I changed up some of my assignments. I also don't worry about late submissions of assignments. I encourage students to keep up because I don't want them to get behind. And I'd say most of all, all of you are keeping up, but like, do I really care if something is late right now? Because what does that matter? I'm home all the time to grade. Uh, And I think that those demands are just another stress that students don't need. And I'd say the other thing I've done is I've offered for any students to make a time to Zoom with me if they just need someone to talk to. Uh, I think a lot of students are feeling isolated. And I don't, I've had a couple students take me up on that. And that's been good too. Awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I guess I would just say that just thinking about all your questions and, and especially this last one is that part of my teaching philosophy is as simple as it sounds is that students are human beings with lives and ideas that I want to hear about. And we as teachers should take care of them in ways that we can. And the truth is, is that most teachers, especially on the college level at a place like UMass that has often very large classes, they don't know what students' home life is like, or even do they have a home? Do students have enough food to eat? Do they have a safe place to be? Are they financially stable? Do they have reliable internet or internet at all? And why would we assume the answers are yes to all these questions? And so I think that 
as a teacher, I try and find out these things and really listen to what my students have to say, whether that's about a class reading or whether that's about the isolation they are feeling right now. And I would say also every new group of students I meet, I fundamentally believe that students want to learn and engage. And that's my expectation. And I think as teachers, if we can do that, our students trust us and and really have so much to teach us. And once we start then collaborating like that, there are so many possibilities within the classroom and with critical engagement. Thank you, Anna. I loved listening to your ideas, especially as a college student in, in your class. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for your questions. They, they were great and gave me some good things to think about. All right, we're back. That was Siobhan and I talking. Uh, thanks to Siobhan for doing that interview and also being interviewed herself. And uh, we are totally out of time. So I'm going to get off of this. And I just really want to give a huge thank you to my students. I miss being in the class. I look forward to Zooming every week, (laughs) even though it's not the same. And hang in there. So we're going to go out with Rebel Diaz, good friends of Brattleboro Solidarity and Indigo Radio. They were supposed to come next week. Of course, that was canceled for our conference. Um, But we hope to do a Zoom uh, virtual workshop with Rebel Diaz. We're going to go out with their song, Get on the Dance Floor. Thanks, everyone.